You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as it's a Thursday, it's the double-headed Dream Team edition with Viv Govender from Rand Swiss and David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities. On this, gentlemen, the last day of the meteorological summer in the Northern Hemisphere and the converse in the Southern Hemisphere. So tomorrow, it's going to be summer. David, I remember there were two seasons, or there used to be two seasons in, in Johannesburg, in Gauteng. And it used to be August the 31st, it was still miserable. And then almost like clockwork on September the 1st, it would be hot and thunderstorms and, and everything. Not the same now, though. The seasons have shifted, I think. No. no. Last week it was cold. We yeah. had a little bit. This week it's hot. I mean, it <laughs> just literally shifted. So uh, very difficult adjusting to it. But we, we've had one or two cold days this past week. But, but overall it's been, you know, I think the weather's been lovely, you know, particularly for this time of the year. And you've always the difficult decision, Lindsay, is when you go running in the morning. Which I don't. Is what to wear. No, that's what I'm saying. It's, you know, <laughs> you always don't know what to dress. Is it going to be cold? Is it warm? In other words, do you, you put on the double layer or do you go with the single layer? That's the whole thing. Do you take your gloves and your, and your beanie or do you scrap it? So that, that comes with this time of the year. You never know when that turnover. That, and when do you put on shorts? You know, on the weekend, you know, what's the day? Well, at your age, I, I wouldn't ever put on shorts, but that, that, that's <laughs> no, you've I know you have fine legs, I've seen pictures, but anyway, luckily, these are problems that I don't have. Viv, can we take a look at some economic data, please? China's PMI has fallen, contracted for five months in a row. European CPI inflation has come out at 5.3 percent, stubbornly high. The one that really caught my eye, Viv, was Germany's drop in imports, which was the highest. It felt they fell by 13.2%, and that's the highest drop since January 1987, and of course Germany being the powerhouse of the Eurozone. Now, I don't know if that's just a base or a high base effect, I don't know, but if the, the biggest economy in Europe is not importing stuff, that implies a lack of demand. And I, I don't know, when you put all these things together, what do you make of it? Well, I do think that we are seeing issues coming through. I think the problem that we're having at the moment, and this is the fear I have for the for markets, is that we are starting to see inflation bottom out. Uh, so in the U.S., we had the PCE number coming in that you know doesn't seem to be showing that fall anymore. Uh, South Africa did have a fall in our inflation number, but I mean we are seeing you know petrol prices rising significantly next week, uh, and diesel prices even more. Uh, and as you said, the European numbers also stubbornly high inflation. So we expect uh, central banks to start cutting interest rates when inflation is above the target level and possibly rising. Uh, that's going to show a lot of weakness to markets, I would think. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it is quite uh, worrying because markets right now are anticipating the next thing is going to be cuts. And some of them are quite optimistic in terms of when the cuts are going to be. Mm. But I don't see how these guys can start cutting when you're above your target and it's still rising. Well, in the United States, and I'll go to you, David, because you're very US-centric. I mean, in the United States, as Viv said, personal consumption expenditure came out quite high. And a lot of people have been naysayers when it comes to how much money was saved over the COVID period and how much money has been spent since all the lockdowns.
lockdowns went away and, and Americans were depleted of massive credit card debt, as we know. I mean, it's approaching, I think, a trillion dollars of credit card debt and it's gone up consistently. I think it's 980 billion was the last figure that was released. So people are spending, but they're spending in the wrong sort of way. So that's the first thing. And that's that would, I think, alarm Jerome Powell. But on the other hand, we had the new job vacancies falling quite yeah. sharply, yeah. which means people mm -hmm. are not hiring anymore, which implies that there's a slowdown coming. And yet you get good numbers out of Salesforce. I know that's one of your favorite companies. Yeah, yes. Uh, things are slowing down there. And I think the big fear was in the job markets and uh, the numbers that have been coming down, the ADP report, which is a private payroll report, was below expectations. I don't, you know, it's only recently has it taken on any kind of importance. Usually it's ignored. Tomorrow we have the non farm payrolls. Yes. And if that figure is down, uh, all it is is going to increase the view that uh, there will not be an interest rate hike in September. Already it's under 50%, you know, chance, uh, under a 50% chance. And that's what's been driving markets. Even today, I think I'm just looking at the SP and the NASDAQ. I think this is the fourth or fifth day in a row that we've seen gains, and they're quite substantial. You know, they're quite broad-based broad and uh, steady increases. This is – Monday is the end of the uh, holiday. It's a public holiday. Labor Day, Monday, yes. Yeah. Mm. Labor Day, the official end of uh, uh, the holiday season. My grandkids are back at school. Yesterday was their first day. So um, you know, you're going to see a lot more activity in the market. But it's it's holding up, and there's a firm belief that you know this is bad news is good news for markets, and the bad news is coming in the labour markets. Um, what it means with the job openings, it means if there are less jobs openings, people are not going to then go and try and demand. You know, if they can't switch jobs, they're not going to demand higher wages. And uh, there's there's a whole lot of theories, but I mean, mm. whatever it is, I think uh, the word, you know, if the data is poor, it's going to just support where the market's going. And I've been very surprised at how resilient the uh, U.S. stock market has been against this backdrop. And of course, uh, the other thing is rates are coming down there. We've seen the Treasury rates do, you know, quite a big reversal on this. But I'll talk about something else now that's just starting to shake me a bit, but I'll give Viv a chance. To yeah, let's give Viv a chance on this one because, Viv, this isn't, you're, you're normally not an individual stock analyst. You're more of the big academic macro picture, plus, of course, artificial intelligence, which is one of your obsessions. <laughs> I noticed a Chinese company came out with rival to, it was Baidu, I think it was, came out with a rival today for Ch chat, GPT, whatever it's called. But I'm not going to focus on that now. There's been a lot of results from South African companies, this uh, JSE-listed companies this week. And today we've had Trueworths, we've had trading statements from Sanlam and Santam Interims, Impala annual results, etc. And yesterday was a bumper day. I think it was about eight or nine different announcements. But the thing that really struck me, Viv, is that some shares were up 7%, others were down 8%. It was all over the place. You can't just be a blanket buyer of JSE stocks. You have to be a very, very cautious and well-researched stock picker. Yes, or lucky. Um, always going to be lucky, of course. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, look, I, I do think that the market is, is, is quite confused at the moment. As David mentioned, you know, we have like, contradicting basically factors out there. And you know how I always, like you say, I always like to look at the macro picture. I always like to look at like weird kind of things. And, you know, like last time I talked about that uh, UPS thing. 
Yes. I was just looking at the the auto workers strike happening, you know, uh, that's been called against like Ford and GM and so on. And, and you see one of the demands that they put in there was a four-day work week. <laughs> they, they're, they're asking for a four-day work week as part of that strike action. Uh, and the reason, the, the reason I bring it up is that we are seeing a very confused market. I mean, we have a three and a half percent unemployment rate, but inflation has not really, you know, ticked up. We have seen people's like, you know, obviously now we started seeing the job, uh, so the wage demands going up. Uh, but, you know, it, it, I think there's been so many weird things happening. Like you mentioned the spending stuff happening from COVID, that many of the models that people have about what to expect, you know, at the current point in time has been kind of distorted. And I think that we are returning more more recently to a more of a normal thing where some of the excess money is out of the system, where some of those bottlenecks are being removed, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that people, uh, you know, like they were confused when firstly things went weird, are going to be confused again when things become more normalized in terms of what to expect from the market. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we were seeing like, you know, if you get my drift, when things went weird, we expected the normal history to, to occur and therefore the weirdness surprised us. And now when things return to normal, we got used to the weirdness and then it's going to surprise us again. And I think that we should be expecting some of the normal relationships between, you know, wages and unemployment rates, et cetera, to come more in line with what we experienced historically. And I think that's going to be a bit of a shock to markets again. Okay. David, you, you were going to say something to embellish what you said before. What was it? It was something to do with the U.S. You've probably I, forgotten I, it I'm by just, now. No, no, not in the U.S. is holding up okay. Yeah. In, in our local market, there are a lot of things happening here which I can't get uh, a grip on. In fact, I, I might have a grip on it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. While we've been talking, I mean, uh, what, what, what's happening against the backdrop that we have painted – on, in the U.S. with uh, markets picking up their rates coming down, the dollar has come under a bit of pressure. And I use that, uh, yeah, you know, if you look at the euro, uh, it's 108, it's fallen, you know, pound at once, call it 127, uh, Swiss franc 113 and so on. And yet the rand is now at 1892. Mm. We were down at 1850. I think a lot of that had to do with yesterday's trade deficit number, which came out, which was an absolute shocker, Uh, you know, also exposing um, poorer results that have come out from our mining businesses, which means our receipts are going to be less. Spending is far greater than uh, we saw in the budget. So I think something's shaking the market, you know, something's shaking the local market, which ended down today. And that's why I'm saying there's conflicting issues. It's ended down against uh, the better, you know, the um, the better tone that we're seeing in uh, European and in, um, in the U.S. markets. And then just for Viv to digest, because he might know what the background is, there's been some massive trade that's gone through in um, Mr. Price. In um, I'm just trying to look here. You know, you know, I'm bringing up these things because they're uh, they, they they're just so unusual. We've seen some massive trade um, in Fashini, Mr. Price, and uh, where there's been almost seven billion trade in those two, which made up 21 percent of today's. Well, trade you see, that's very unusual. There. And we had uh, Mr. Price results. That was it. Results or a trading mm. statement? I can't remember. That was one of the many many announcements yesterday from the stock exchange news service. Mm. Was it Mr. Price results, David? Or no, was it no, there was nothing from Mr. Price. I'm sure. In that, fact, there was. Oh mm, no, you know no, what today it is. was true with. Uh, and mm. it, they, it went out of the emerging markets index. That's what it was. Oh, is that? Yeah, I don't know what Mr. Christ, Fashini, and Fashini, and also one other disappeared from the index. So, of course, the institutions 
And I had this conversation. I want you both of your opinions on this, please. Yeah. Because what happens is that they say the day before that TFG and Mr. Price are going to be leaving the index, obviously because their market capitalization has fallen. And the traders can take advantage of that and therefore short the stock, knowing that the next day that the institutions who haven't been allowed to trade until the, the actual announcement has been made, then sell. And that's what's happened today, David, I believe. That's you, wrong, though. You've to, given me an explanation because mm. uh, the, the, the trade that we've seen today is something like uh, 36 uh, billion. And that was it. Way yeah. above. Mm. The average, you know, I've, I've been moaning and groaning because we've been 13 and 14 and 15 billion. But the big traders, if I look today, Mr. Price, I mentioned 3.8 billion rand. Uh, Fashini, I'm just giving you the latest, 4.2 billion rand. True even 441 million rand, which is a big, you know, which is big for all of them. So, And then you go to the rest of them, very, very small. Some in Pepco, 180 million. But by and large, you know, trade in the retailers. No, they actually will worth 483 million and that. So there's been quite a bit of trade. And I, I, I you know, you've given me an explanation because this is, uh, um, you know, it's just um, unusually high for that kind of stock. Yes, it is. And Viv, the rejigging of the various indices, which happens every two, three months or whatever it is, it's unfair on the institutional investors, I believe. Uh, because as I said, the traders get the news that it's going out of the index, they short it. But as again, as I said to David, repeating myself, that the institutional investors cannot get out because they have to stay in the index according to their mandate. They're, they're index trackers. Really? So when it goes out the index, then they flog it. And that's what happened today. That's you unfair to me. So yesterday, that's corrupt. Mr. Price was down like 8%. Precisely. And others were also down. Yeah, traders. So today, and, and what might be happening, this could be foreigners getting out. That might be the background to the rands weakening, that they're selling the rand, they're selling the stock, and they're selling. Exactly. Viv, your opinion on this uh, rather convoluted and unfair structure of index rebalancing? It, you, you, it's institutional investors, yeah. I think it's more the customers of institutional investors that get messed around because mm. I, I, would, I would suspect the majority of that arbitrage is happening at institutional prop uh, desk, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, I don't think okay. it's Mr. Smith, but retailers, retail investor out there that's playing this trade as much as the prop desks at some of these mm. institutions, you know what I mean? Uh, but with regard to. Yeah, with regards to ETFs and, and, and passive investing, look, pa passive investing always works best when it's a minority of the market. So as it becomes a majority of the market or becomes a significant share of the market, it really distorts things because, first of all, there's no price discovery because you just buy everything, you know what I mean? Uh, and you need price discovery to come through in order to make valuations proper. And so institutional, like, I, I've always worried about the, the rise of passive investing. Yes, it does make sense on an individual basis for there to be passive investors in the market. But when the market becomes too passive, uh, price discovery goes away, and then you have these kind of weird issues happening. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very distorting. I know we bring it up. It, it might not be, you know, but it's uh, um, for people on the outside looking in, you know, wondering why the RAND's gone, why you're getting this kind of trade, you know, why share prices are doing what they are doing. Um, you know, very unusual. And as Viv says, it's uh, it, it's very difficult for for people in the market to understand this, and it also creates you know massive distortions. Anyway, okay, let's uh, have a look at the markets that we've been talking about now. Happening. 
and as we talk now, yeah. Yeah, let, let, let me just run through the markets and then, David, you can point mm. out what I haven't pointed out. We'll start with currencies where the dollar rand is, yeah, the dollar is one and a quarter percent better against the rand at 1893, was in the 1840s, 1850s. Just a couple of days ago. The mm. British pound against the Rand is 23.98. The Euro Rand is 20.53. The Euro dollar 108.45. And that's a Euro that has fallen by 0.7% against the Greenback. And the British pound 126.70. Uh, pound that is down just over a third of a percent. Commodities, gold price 19.43, which is barely changed. Platinum is almost exactly unchanged at $9.78 an ounce. And palladium was having a quiet day, only six bucks or so down at twelve twenty six dollars an ounce. On the other commodities, well, we've got Brent crude oil, eighty five dollars eighty nine, which is up three quarters of a percent. West Texas crude is up just over a percent at eighty two dollars forty nine. Natural gas prices up one and two thirds percent. Copper, David, you'll like this one. There's a company called Adionics, which is an Israeli company. They came out with a very sort of glitzy interview on the BBC about how they're revolutionising the, the battery business, notably electric vehicles and so forth, because they want to reduce the amount of copper battery needs. But anyway, the copper prices okay. have been sharply in focus, although today down 0.42%. Elsewhere, I don't know, iron ore, steel up 1.2. But anyway, now the all-important capital markets where, with the week around, the South African 10-year has spiked a little bit, only seven, uh, six basis points to 10.265%. And the US 10-year is yielding 4.09%, which is uh, three basis points lower than last night's close. As for S&P 500 futures, well, the U.S. markets are trying to hold on to what would be the biggest gain, consecutive gain, in August. I think this would be the fifth day in a row, 4,534, which is up around about 0.2%. Maybe there's some window dressing at the end of the month. Who knows? Bitcoin, 27,173, up, up a quarter. Yeah, and that's it. Anything else you picked out, David? Market market slightly down, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, a lot of action on our market as well. So, they, 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 you know, they've been holding up pretty well, um, the U.S. markets. I'm just looking now. I always look at the depth of the market uh, by going to the Dow because it's 30 stocks at a broad spread. And it's still, you know, there are a lot more gainers in, uh, than losers today. So I like, I like to look. There are 30 stocks there. And three, six, nine, about 12 are down, 18 are up, which gives you some kind of idea. It is led today. You know, Salesforce is led by uh, is, is leading the gainers up 3.65, 3.7% on their numbers, which were pretty good, and the guidance good as well. So, um, again, we're coming back to the same theme as uh, we've been talking about. It's all around AI. It's all around uh, yeah. doing a lot more for your companies. But I've got a good story for Viv, but uh, we'll talk about it if we've got time. Yeah, we have got time because I'm just going to give you my top five and bottom five. The ones that are worthy of note, Glencore up 2.9%, Anglo-American PLC, the big daddy, up 2.7%, Sunlum after its numbers, 2.5% better. On the downside, Northams, 4.9%, Afrimat down 4%, DRD Gold down 3.8%, Impala Platinum after its results down three and two-thirds, an Anglo-American platinum following, down three and two-thirds percent. Now, Viv, David mm. brought up a very, very important point about the trade balance that was released yesterday. It ballooned 
And that is because, of course, the lower PGM prices and general commodity prices, PGMs being the standout features. And I know a couple of people that are, are continuing to buy as the PGM producers' stock prices fall. But it, goodness me, you've got to be really patient and not chew your nails too much because it seems to be relentless to the downside. Is this worrying for South Africa or is this just a cyclical normality that we'll get over in a couple of years? Uh, look, I mean, the PGM stuff, I think that's a, that's a trend that's going in one direction if a couple of things come through. The reason I think that we, I'm, I'm nervous about PGMs is the fact that, you know, the majority of the stuff goes towards cars. It goes towards catalytic converters. And those those only occur in, like, you know, fossil fuel-driven cars, internal combustion engines. If some of the details about, you know, electric vehicles uh, in terms of, like, for instance, you know, they want to ban, effectively, the internal combustion engine uh, by, like, you know, 2035. So that's talking about 12 years from now. You know, these mines don't have a, 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 a 12-year, you know, horizon. They have a multi-decade horizon. Uh, and if this stuff about electric vehicles does come to pass as you know, governments are pushing at the moment, I think you'd have a significant problem in the market because, you know, there's enough vehicles in the market right now with the current catalytic converters, but you'd probably be more than able to supply the marketplace mm-hmm. just recycling those converters. Uh, and that would mean that, you know, the biggest source of revenue for these companies goes away. That's not a cyclical thing. That's a very big structural problem uh, I think you need to worry about. Uh, and also, I just want to mention in regards to mining, it's not just the price of commodities that's a problem. It's the fact that we can't sell stuff because our our transport system is so messed up in South Africa. We can't get the stuff from the mines to the ships to transport it out of the country. And that's also, I think, something we mustn't ignore when it comes to these uh, problems with uh, you know uh, revenue for these uh, companies. Just on that note, here's something from Reuters. And it came out at three o'clock uh, our time. It says here, Impala Platinum Chief Executive Nico Muller said a rapid decline in palladium and rhodium prices that has squeezed profits, that's after their results, of course, lowered dividend payouts and shifted the focus to cutting costs, caught platinum miners off guard. So if they're in the industry, and it's a small industry, concentrated with a very few big producers worldwide, if they're caught out by it, then that, David, that, that's, a, that's slightly mm-hmm. disturbing, I- isn't it? I, I don't know why is it caught off guard. You know, that's uh, whether whether they believe that the inflationary pressures and the uh, issues with Russia and Ukraine and geopolitical issues would keep the price up, uh, and they believe that there was a shortage. I mean, um, that's odd for a miner. Mm. Normally, they well ahead, and also they know what their limits. That's what are. I mean. Yeah. You know, you know, they know their limits. If if they see the price going down, they they adjust their, uh, you know, their, their their output accordingly. But but the big problem with our mines as well is that we've not only seen uh, prices falling, but we've seen declining output, and also declining sales. And Viv brings up a massive issue as well. You mm. can't get the stuff. To the harbour, you know, you can't get it shipped <laughs> out. So, and 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 you know, we make when you say that you've got to you've got to understand how many mines we do have, and you can't keep it. You know, there, there's there's so many trucks that you can actually load up, and it came from Tungela who said, um, you know, they they might at at the price of a hundred to a hundred and ten dollars a ton or whatever coal goes at. It doesn't pay them to put it in a truck. It's too expensive. At 300, yes, you can pay a, you know, you can put it in a truck. But um, at that level, you need a far more efficient way of getting, you know, of of getting the ore to harbour. And I don't, I don't think we've got the facility. When I say facilities, I'm talking in the broad sense. We haven't got the people, the skills, the the energy, the 
you know, money to, to get this thing right. So it is a problem. Yeah, it is. It was a good point. And, and again, well made, Viv. But David, staying with you, because just before I went to the markets, you said you've got something mm. for Viv. What was it? Well, this morning, you know, I'm I'm still this AI junkie, still saying, listen, yeah. I've got to, I've got to tailor my, my my choices around it. And I woke up this morning. I've been following a company called Quanta Power in the US. Mm. And it's a brilliant company. What it does is it supplies all kinds of services to the to the energy sector. So this morning I wake up and there's an interview on Bloomberg's, but this is with Quanta Cloud or Computer Services in Taiwan. Anyway, I look at this, I hear the CEO talking, and he's going on about uh, AI. And one, once more, he has a man in the industry who's saying, you know, he's tied up with NVIDIA, very important to NVIDIA. You know, there's so many tie-ups between these companies. And he's going on about how big it is. Anyway, I look, I say, okay, I like this man. I'm going to look at his shares. The only problem is I can't find an ADR, meaning I can only buy it in Taiwan if we're going to buy it. But they've gone up since May, something like 230%. Mm. <laughs> it's it's Quanta, Quanta Computer Services or Quanta Computer, what is QCT, I think, is the way they expose. But, the, you know, this is, this is another such a Nadella-type comment where people in the industry, people who are intimately involved with actually gearing their businesses are saying, listen, this is taking off. You know, this is big. You don't ignore it. You know, it's, it's, uh, well, Viv is not ignoring it. And when I put out the, the, the dreaded word bubble when it came to NVIDIA, he said, no, no, it's not a bubble at all because this is the early stages. This is a nascent industry. This is a fledgling industry. And we're only just at the start. So, Viv, you wouldn't think that 230% is bubble territory at all. <laughs> Let me give you some stats, right? Okay. Uh, Google's going to come out with Gemini, which is its own new AI plat uh, pr program, right? Probably by December. It's only been six months now, or currently, since we had Chat GPT or GPT-4 released, right? Six months ago, GPT-4 was released. So we're talking about nine months uh, between GPT-4 and uh, Gemini. It's going to be four or five times more powerful <laughs> than GPT-4, Okay. That's in less than nine months. You know what I mean? Oh, no, nine months. It's going to be like nine months. Like it's going to be four times more powerful. That's beyond Moore's law. Moore's law is doubling every year, even at the most extreme version, which has been reduced to doubling every two years now. This is basically going to be four times in like nine months. And just to give another bit of uh, you know a comparison here, the difference between your brain and a chimpanzee's brain is three times. <laughs> So this is being GPT-4. Well, I know some chimpanzees that might challenge that, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of like size and power, so some, you're going off something from like three times, is for, goes from a chimpanzee to a human being. Yes. You're doing four times in nine months. Mm. That is a, a level of growth that we just aren't designed to understand. Okay. Yeah, again, you always end on a scary note, Mr. Governor. <laughs> now I won't sleep again tonight. <laughs> David, please give me the closing JSE indices. So we closed down, which is unusual. We closed down 0.4 of a percent at 74954. Um, resources just barely in positive territory, up 0.17%, um, and mainly taken down. The heavyweights were up there, but uh, both your gold and, you know, you mentioned those platinum shares uh, coming under pressure. So 
Um, the platinum and gold shares down about 2.6%. That's as an index. Then financials also under a little bit of pressure. Banks down 1.7%. Uh, the broader financial index down 1.3%. And, and industrials flat to, to lower. Um, I'm just trying to look at the industrial 25 index. That was down 0.02, so virtually flat. Mm. But I think the features today you know, are, are what we spoke about now. Big, big volumes. I'm going to give you the trade. 38, almost 39 billion, most of which was in Fashini, Mr. Price. That made up of 21%. And in multi-choice, you know, up 7%. So Nasdaq, which is always in the, in, the, in the big value trades, was down, you know, is number four at about just over 6.5%. So lots of things going through the market, as as uh, I've said, you know, a lot of, or so, as you said, sorry, yes. a lot of uh, index clearing or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, that made up the trade. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Yes, but we will. on a basis, it's, 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 it was two losses for every gainer. Yeah, that was the proportions today. Okay, so the 1st of September tomorrow. So we're into the burrs at September, October, November, December. Okay, Viv, you and I will be on our own next week because David is going on a research trip and will not be available. But David, have a very good time and clear I'm your very active mind. Reserve. Yeah, I know, it's the same thing. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that you were going on holiday in case one of your many clients is listening. So. No, I'm happy to run away from these markets. Okay, very good. I have- I have to tell you, I have to tell you, and Viv will appreciate this probably. Lindsay, yesterday and even today, I decided I'm going to really apply my mind and try to go through the results. So even if you look today, um, if you go through Trueworths, who came out at four o'clock with their numbers or just after half past four, yeah. there's 142 pages to go through. No, too much. Sorry, a lie. 162 pages of small numbers and small print. And I tried my best to go through everything. When I say everything, you know, as much as I could. So I'm, I'm finished. I'm totally accounting out. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. Well, what I, I would suggest you do is, is look at the short form announcement which you get on the Stock Exchange <laughs> News Service. That is the short form. Oh, 162 pages. <laughs> I'd hate to see the long form. David, what you must do is at 6 o'clock this evening, and this podcast will go out after that because it takes some editing, but at 6 o'clock this evening, our time, we have the UEFA Champions League draw. And oh. Arsenal, of course, are in that. So have a look at that on one of the sports channels and enjoy your week next week. Viv, thank you very much for your time. Great insight, as always. Thank Viv Govender is from Rand Swiss and David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities, and that was the 5 o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.